0: You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people of color-led dark fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai K, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Arc 2 is proudly sponsored by Heroforge, a free online character design application that lets you make and order your very own custom TTRPG minis. Their character creation tools are rich and deep, with facial customization, animal companions, action poses, spell effects, hundreds of clothing options, and nigh-infinite color choices. Get a color-printed mini, unpainted premium plastic, bronze minis, color standees, or even your very own digital STL files for printing at home or use in virtual tabletops. To see their tools in action, go to Heroforge Minis on Twitter and search Artemis. They made a mini of Nova's very own hand of fate, and she looks good. Check out Heroforge today at HeroForge.com. Content warnings for this episode may include fantasy violence, blood, monsters and monstrosity, fear, death, death of loved ones, trauma, grief, nightmares, hallucinations, body horror, complex and complicated relationships, hunger, aging, and references to hunting animals, apocalypse, and environmental disaster. ARC 2, Episode 12, Cries for Sooth, from Carved Inside an Empty Urn, by Connie Chong. From the bone-white depths of swirling mist that ensconts the hall of peerless destiny. The monster attacks. You can hear it screaming, a high-pitched, wailing, ear-splitting noise. It cuts through the muted mist with spectacular force. You can hear its blows, yes, blows, landing on the floor, crashing against pillars muffled in the mist like an arrow hitting water. The gods around you, though you can't see them, that's how thick this fog is, are screaming, panicking, fleeing. At least that's what you think is happening. You can't even see the rest of Strike Team Nova. But one thing's for sure, there is a beast in this fog and it is hunting you. So Zidon, Lumira, and sayer I need each of you to take the status marked for death too. What? (laughs) Would any of you like to try to resist it? Yes. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, no. (laughs) Lumira? Yeah. Okay. So this is a move I wrote. It's a rift move that says resist a status. When you resist taking a negative status, describe how your Logos or Mythos flares to protect you and roll plus tags. So Seir, how is that Logos or Mythos flaring up to protect you?
1: Sayir is trained by the hand of Fate Artemis the great huntress themselves. So Sayer's logos, I think, is what's peering up in this moment of, we are being hunted, I'm trained to protect Nova, I'm about to protect Nova, and Nova needs me at my best. So I think that's what he is tapping into. We only get to choose one, right? Not both?
0: Yes, just one of them. So which of your tags would you like to invoke here?
1: I will invoke Bulwark under my little hunter logos.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Bulwark, anything else?
1: Yeah. I know how to hunt, so I know how it is to be hunted. So I'll take how to hunt, Bulwark, uh, not Crescent Blades. I I think this is just him reacting to the moment and not using his weapon.
0: I'm going to actually inflict battered, which is a status you took a while back when you were flung back on the bridge mm. and fell onto oh, your yes. bodies before you met yeah. Xiao I'm invoking that status, and okay. so that's a minus one. So in total, that's a plus one for you. Yes, your body is battered. Your, your mind is still a little shaken. So Lumira, how does your logos or mythos flare to protect you?
2: While Lumira also as well is very much a child that's trained by Artemis. However, she's got this really nifty little power now that is in times of high stress sometimes flare without her necessarily knowing it. So I am going to use control of time as well as shielded by time.
0: Okay, that is a plus two. I am going to invoke Haunted. Okay. You have that status from earlier, haunted two. So that's gonna bring you back down to a zero. Okay. All right, so the two of you roll for it. Sayur, what did you get? Four. Oh no. Lumira, what did you get? I got a 10. (sighs) Okay. So let's do Lumira first. On a 10 plus, you fend off the brunt of the effect. Take the status, but with minus one tier. So you are marked for death one. On a six minus, your attempt to defend yourself backfires. Take the status and choose one. The status has plus one tier. Burn one of the power tags you invoked or mark fade or crack on a theme of my choice.
1: Mark a fade or crack on a theme of your choice, Connie.
0: Okay. I'm going to have you mark, let's see, crack on Little Hunter. As the mist thickens, and the beast descends, and Bedlam and Panic rings through this hall, Seir, Zaynon, and Lumira, the three of you see in your own corners of the hall a pair of what look to be circular lights glimmering into existence somewhere deep within the mist coming closer and closer. And every time you see this pair of circular lights sat very close next to each other, flash in front of your eye, it resonates a deep primal fear that stirs inside your gut. This fear may or may not belong to you, but it is there. It is caused by the flashing, the blinking of those mirrors, lights, eyes. It's the beast. It has seen you and it has marked you. You feel it, exposed, a target, a prey animal. So now that we've resolved these statuses, Sayur, I think what it means to crack with little hunter is you are so used to being the hunter here, but now the roles are reversed. You are the one that's being hunted. Let's start with Zainan, who did not roll to resist. As you stand there, your hand is still clasped in Hui's hand as the mist thickened and swirled around you. And you can't see Hui, even though you're literally an arm's length away. And you feel their hand kind of tighten around your fingers and you hear their voice, though it sounds muffled, like it's multiple feet away instead of right in front of you. (sighs) The beast. And you feel their hand start to let go of yours.
3: Zainan holds it firm. He tries to hold on to her hand.
0: What are you doing? I need my hands free to defend myself. Fine.
3: And he lets go, and in one fluid motion, he takes his hat from under his arm, tucks it into his quiver behind him and draws an arrow in his uh, right hand.
0: Zion, flash, 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 flash. You see those two spheres, orbs of light blinking into existence in the mist. Everything's white here, even those orbs, but they're just a little bit brighter than the rest of the fog. You see them flitting from left to right, up and down, east to west, south to north, and everywhere they flit, you hear screams ringing out, blows smashing against the floor. Bedlam and panic spreading, though you can't see or hear more than just this muddled, confused haze. Flash, 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 and then you see them start to come closer toward you. You hear Langhui go, What is this? No, no, there's something wrong here. And a noise of effort. And you see something shadowy flash in the air where Longhui might be, but then the fog closes in again and it completely muffles the darkness that had just been slashed open.
3: Zainan is kind of now in motion. He started to spin or like a, a, a breeze kind of blowing through. And after he pulls that arrow, his left arm actually slips out from his kimono. And... As the, the sleeve falls, he pulls up that birdsong bow in his left hand and the arrow, you can hear it clap against the side of the bow as he looks around for his shot, not even raising or drawing the bow, but he just stops and listens, trying to filter out the screams, trying to ignore all of it. He's a hunter too.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So are you just trying to track this beast through the mist or do you act?
3: I think he wants to discern a little bit more about it before he shoots.
0: Okay. I think that's going to be either gaze into the mist or investigate. So are you relying on your senses or do you want to kind of plunge into the fog that surrounds you?
3: I think he's going to stubbornly cling to his regular person senses. So he's going to try and investigate.
0: Okay. Technically this would count as a new location. It is the hall and we haven't true. investigated this yet. And it is filled with mist. So when you investigate a new location, describe how you search for clues and roll 2d6 plus tags.
3: Zynan has very keen ears. He's very good at listening for danger. That's what he's done his whole life. So I would like to use sentinel against the ending survivalist and student of those before.
0: Okay, I am going to invoke Haunted by Dusty Memories. So that's going to be a plus two total, roll for it.
3: Hey, hey, plus two total is great. That's a seven.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. Good, much needed. You needed that exactly to bump that up from a miss. So on a seven to nine, the GM will describe the area's general ambiance and any prominent features that your trained senses notice. You take in this entire mist cloaked hall, there's clearly a beast in here, stalking the gods here. And based on how those twin mirrors, let's say, are flashing, it seems to be able to traverse freely through the mist as though the mist itself were its domain. It's unbound by needing to run or fly or jump. In one second, you see those twin mirrors way off to your right and then in the other, they're all the way on the other side of the hall again. And wherever those mirrors flash, you hear thumps, you hear shrieks, you hear screeches, and you hear shouts from gods. It's going all over the hall and it's taking its pick of the litter. Any prominent features you might notice. Yes, you get its attention. Flash, flash. Those mirrors appear not ten boo away from you, If you reached a hand out, it would be two arms lengths away. And then those flashing orbs turn to you, and you realize exactly what they are. They are eyes. Zynan, they are eyes. And swirling out from the mist, a form begins to take shape. You see a thick, fog-made mane rippling past a twisted, angry, bestial face with sharp fangs made of mist and a long, black tongue flickering out of its mouth and flicking back in. You see a body that is proud and once noble, but now shot through with strings of pure darkness. It is shadow and mist, light and shade, bound together in one. This is a stone lion stepping out of the fog made of pure mist, but it is also not quite a stone lion because its eyes are mirrors zainan and you see yourself reflected in them as though they were headlights and you were a deer caught right in its axis Ah, (coughs) and it makes a distinctly not lion like noise and out from its mouth is a word. It's trying to wrench. It's directing it right at you as its powerful mist-made claws slam onto the ground and crack the beautiful flagstone of the hall beneath its powerful pounce. (laughs) Closed!
2: Closed! Door! Ghost!
3: Knife! Zynan stands there, braced, and was ready to draw. And he hears words. Closed door knife. And I think he's going to try and stalk it and not attack it. He wants to hear if it has more to say, but he will attack it if it attacks other people.
0: Okay. it. Says those four words, closed door, ghost, knife. Each of those words punching into you, Zidon. I need you to increase marked for death two to marked for death three. Will you try to resist this? Yes. Okay. How does your logos or mythos flare to protect you?
3: I think he rolls the words around. And as he does, that knife keeps beating in his head. And he keeps on thinking about, what he just was what he he was just a ghost tethered to a knife but he's not afraid of that and he draws strength from being at the side of a saint for two months and he's going to try and resist it by holding on to um if you guys don't have an objection i would like to use our crew tag artemis the hand of fate
0: I love, go for it, yes. Uh, So roll 2d6 plus one, unless you would also like to invoke a power tag.
3: I'm gonna say untethered existence, because that's kind of what this is drawing on.
0: Okay, go for it. Nine. Okay, on a seven to nine, you take the status as it was intended. No loss, no gain. So drawing on Artemis's lessons roots you. It's not worse than it would have been, but you are also hit every word, like a stab right to the center of your soul, marked for death. Three. And as you stand there, looking into these mirrors, you see your own face reflected back at you. What is the expression you see yourself wear?
3: He sees his Ema's eyes, that shepherd ready to stand between the monsters in the night and the flock. They're never far.
0: As you gaze into this reflection of your Ema's eyes, standing your ground against this beast, It pounces, and on it, pouncing towards you, in a swirl of mist, we fly across this hall to find someone else materializing out of the fog. Sayer, you are hearing panic. You're hearing shouts. You're hearing blows raining down and horrible, horrible shrieks. Lumira, Zainan, you have no idea where they are here. And you are also being tugged along. Your hand is also in the hand of Luhua as this mist had descended and you had almost bumped into them as she stopped, like froze as soon as the fog thickened.
1: Luhua, my team. Zainan, Lumira! Uh, Sayer's desperate cries out to Nova, trying to pinpoint where they are. I he can't see like three boo in front of him, right? Like that's how intense this fog is. Yes. He's feeling that wall closing in and the exchanging of blows. He feels like a cornered animal. His antlers are lowered like a buck ready to fight for its life. He grasps onto the crescent blades like a prayer, and he is wild-eyed. I don't think he has a handle on this. He's never been hunted like this before with a regness. It was so plain. The fiery path blazed before him, not like this, not in silence, not in shadow.
0: Hmm, I like that a lot. As you freeze there, panic and fear beginning to seize through your body. You feel insistent, comforting, centering hands clasp onto your shoulders. And Luhua is looking at you, like, with, with intense focus, ringing in her bright, earnest, warm eyes. Hey, hey, say here it's going to be okay, all right? I'm going to just call out and, and For- Forge Master? It's okay, just stay here. As long as we stick together, we're gonna get through this, okay. And then coming out of the fog is not a monster, not a beast, but the Forge Master. Gang Shui You see this tall, burly, muscular woman with tufts of fur along her exposed elbows all the way down her spine. Those two tiger-like ears swiveling in every direction for danger. They don't even look at you, Seir. They grab onto Lu Hua and they say in a gruff, insistent voice. Apprentice, we need to get to safety now. Oh, yes, Forge Master, of course, but Sayre. And the Forge Master just grabs Luqua as though scruffing her and pulls her into the mist, leaving you alone.
1: Sayre's alone again, he is alone again, and all he can hear is the thrumming of the white hot blood beating within his chest of primal strength and power. Connie, I tap within. I don't think he knows it, I don't think he understands it, but he is in danger, and he is frightened, and he lets it out.
0: Okay, I think you're channeling your power here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just bursting out out from you. So when you channel your mythos or logos to overcome an obstacle, reshape the environment, or extend your senses, describe how your power flares and roll 2d6 plus tags.
1: I am using specifically Doom Incarnate. As Sayer is okay. sitting there, his eyes wide panicked, a primal fear taking grip upon his heart and his soul. And I think how it takes form is Sayre's form changes a little bit. Bits of thick, hardy fur kind of pop out onto his chest, his shoulders, his forearms. His antlers curl outwards like a pointed bramble of thorns and his teeth lower like fangs like the tusks of a stone lion and i will roll 2d6 plus tags i will choose monstrous countenance i won't use hungry form and can't be surprised because i'm in such high alert right now if something's going to come after me they're, gonna, they're just going to come after me i'm not i'm no longer surprised
0: excellent i'm going to invoke weak to gods as a weakest tag
1: that's fair that's a plus two. Plus two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Finally, writes.
0: Oh, oh my god, okay. Uh, so, on a ten plus, the effect is exactly as intended. So, what is the effect here that you're attempting to do?
1: Sayer's intended effect is that he wants to grab hold of something that is engaging in violence, whether near him or upon a god that's mm-hmm. near to him grab it by the scruff and pull it in front of him and just start brawling and ripping into it in a monstrous and primal way. Okay. And he's just growling and snarling at it.
0: Okay. So you want the doom sweeping out from you as your form changes to basically act as like a vacuum pulling in whatever this beast is so it faces you and you are tackling it head on, correct?
1: Mm Mm-hmm, correct.
0: Okay. As you metamorphose, essentially, your fangs getting longer, your... Antlers lengthening and turning bramble thick. It's as though you yourself are exuding an aura of 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 monstrosity, of 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 disaster, calamity. And you, just like Zynan, you see those two mirrors, those eyes, those mirror eyes flashing in the mist around you. <laughs> closer and closer and closer and closer to you, and then launching itself, not a surprise to you. You knew exactly where it would emerge. Launching itself out of the mist in your direction is a stone lion made of mist, and you feel it. You feel its divinity, but something about it has been transformed, Sayer, just like you are in this moment. Something about it has been tethered into the mist itself. roars and launches itself at you. And as it does, you hear the shriek coming out of its mouth, just like how Longhui had described it, like a, like a lover's name, but wilted and rotted. It's something familiar, but it feels inverted. It feels like it's been twisted. So nothing but the dark side of it remains. And you hear yourself tumble out of its mouth, a title that you yourself have been desperately in denial to claim, doom, doom. Doom! And this lion punches into you. That's not me! The two of you collide, like an unstoppable force breaking against an immovable object. And as the sonic boom of it resonates outward, we slam across the hall to find Lumira. Uh, Lumira. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Twinzing is suddenly out of sight. There were no more than two or three boo in front of you. Now they're completely gone. And everywhere around you, you hear shouting, you hear what sounds like an explosion. You hear screaming and shrieks. And even though we have heard what these stone lions or the same stone lion, whatever it is, have addressed Zainan and Seir as, all you hear is soundless, wordless shrieking. What do you do? I've seen those eyes, yes. The mirror eyes? Yes. Yes. Okay. As you scan the mist, you see them just flashing. Lumira tenses
2: and freezes. Extremely unlike her. It's different when she has sight on the battlefield. It's different when she can see what it is she is fighting. Now it's another dangerous, nameless threat and I think she just scurries and backs to a wall breathing for a second feeling that same incessant thudding in her chest as she did when she was eight. She doesn't feel this type of fear anymore so she panics and Does the only thing she can think to do. She tries to call Artemis on the Oracle again.
0: You move to summon it. You slump against a wall, a pillar, some broken bit of something, and you try to summon it. You tug onto the feeling that all trans agents were taught as soon as they entered the agency how to summon the Oracle. How to summon that direct line to the one person you've always known you can count on and nothing happens. Nothing happens, Lumira. You are completely utterly Alone.
2: Think, think, think. Stay here! And Lumira runs blindly towards where she last heard his voice rang out
0: from. Excellent, so Lumira, I'm gonna need you to tempt fate. So you're doing something really dangerous and risky here. So when you tempt fate with your actions, describe what perilous feat you're trying to accomplish and roll plus the number of mythos cards you have. So I assume the perilous action is trying to get to Sayir safely?
2: I had another idea, but yeah, we'll say that. Okay, no, 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 no,
0: tell me your idea, what's your idea?
2: No, so my plan was if I couldn't get to Artemis, I was going to try to get to Sayir. I know Sayir, whatever is here, Sayir is trying to fight head on because that's just what they do. So I'm trying to get to him and once again, try to bubble whatever it is that's there in Eliminal.
0: Mm. Like contain the monster in Eliminal? Okay. So before we even get to there, we need to we need to get through the fog, because we don't know where we're going. We're running without a map here. So roll plus the number of mythos cards you have. Nine. Okay. On a 7 to 9, you triumph over this specific ordeal, but attract the attention of your enemies. They react immediately. I think I know what this means. Lumira, against all motherfucking odds, you barrel your way across this mist-wrapped battlefield. You barely see obstacles, two heartbeats before they appear in front of you, swimming out of the fog, like an inch away from your face, but you're able to hop over gods that stumble in front of you, screaming, and then they're gone again. You're able to hop over what appears to be crumbled pieces of jade pillar. In fact, you see a shadow fall down, and you're able to dodge across it right before some part of the hawk crumbles and smashes across the floor. You're able to dodge across piles of, of panicked, screaming gods trying to find an exit but slamming into each other instead. And you, in fact, even run just in time to feel something swoop through the air behind you. If you had moved just a second too late, it would have collided into you completely. And it's like this, just running through this unseen, confused, chaotic fog, that you're able to find your way to Sigur. As this is happening, Sayer, this stone lion, mist-born creature, had been moments away from colliding into your body. You were just about to face it head on when it disperses into mist right around you. And Lumira, you step into a slight clearing formed by the pressure of the aura that Sayir was exuding. So you can see him more than three boo away. You see him perhaps ten boo away from you. And you see him looking very different from the last time you remember laying your eyes upon him. And he seems to be almost in like a fighting stance, but there's nothing in front of him. And then the mist coagulates in front of you. And it's like the the mist lion had basically... Fallen into an unseen portal and then come out the other end and is now barreling into you instead. And it hits you. That's what it means. The attack of your enemies react immediately and barrel onto you. And I need you to take. Corrupted by Mist 2. Ha! Huh. Okay! Would you like to resist it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna attempt to resist it. Gonna resist. I'm going okay. to roll. Plus my tags, I'm absolutely going to use control of time, creating liminals, and shielded by time as well.
0: Okay, so you're specifically trying to use Kronergy to to protect yourself? Yeah. Okay, how is your mythos flaring in this moment as it barrels into you?
2: Lumira is still very much on edge, and when she feels, whatever it was trying to seep its way into her. She remembers the council meeting where they said it tries to go into your mouth and your nose. And she knows that's exactly what is happening to her right then and there. And I think what happens is she actually ends up Creating a bubble around herself, okay, and reverting herself in time back to prior, or attempting oh, so you're to trying to ret-
0: tumble back in time, tumble
2: herself back to get in, away yeah.
0: out of the target of this yeah, thing. Yeah, but I don't okay. think she
2: realizes that's exactly what she's doing. To a complete extent, it's just instinctual.
0: Okay, I'm going to invoke the weakness tags because you're using three power tags. Yes. Yes. I'm going to invoke the, invoke the weakness tags. Doesn't understand this power. Okay. Fatigued and disrupts the journey.
2: All right. So flat roll. Cool, cool, cool. Yep.
0: All right. Let me see. That's a hot five. Okay. Lumira, in the heartbeat before this mist lion collides with you, you feel it. The ticking of the clock. And then you see it, like pearls on a string behind you, a string you didn't even realize you had been placing beads upon. Every single time, Lumira, that you've been using chronergy, a clock somewhere deep inside you, high above you had ticked down a wedge. And now it's ticked down enough wedges for you to know there was a clock in the first place. Because you are dabbling in forces you do not understand, Lumira. And it is in this split second before everything goes to hell for you that you realize why intimately, physically, magically, vulnerably, Trans does not allow time magic. Please roll 2d6 plus the number of mythos tags you have. Okay. Eight. Lumira, what does your body look like as it ages eight years? (laughs) Holy shit!
2: Lumira's eyes sink in just a little bit more, just a tad bit more fatigued. Her eyes, which were opalescent near marble-like gray, now sit just a, a, a bit stormier, a little bit darker, a little bit more jaded. And there's more... Gray, I think at this point, her entire front swoop, like her entire front bang is now completely white. Yep.
0: The entire front part of your hair turns alabaster white as this stone lion barrels into you, no, through you. And it collides with this desperate, flicking, corrupted, broken, not quite pieced together liminal that shatters against it. And mist and time magic go flying around you in bedlam. You see, as your eyes sweep to the left, following this line of action, something tear open just a little bit in the fabric of not the city of heaven, not the underworld, not the cradle, but in the fabric of reality, in the fabric of the journey itself. You see something tear open and then suture itself closed before you can understand the truth true extent of this consequence. You feel yourself get a little bit more tired, a little bit more exhausted, and in the mirror reflections of this lion before it passes through you, you see your own face tick forward eight years. One, two, three, five years, seven, eight years. Slight wrinkles starting to form, just a little bit creases on the edges of your eyes, that shock of white hair, and poof! You're left standing there, winded, changed.
2: And... She once again scurries back into the fog, the mist away from Sayer and everyone utterly terrified.
0: You stumble into the mist, Sayer. You saw Lumira for a fraction of a second, your own perspective fogged by this fear, mirrored by this hunting instinct before a second Lumira had stumbled into your view. How do you respond as she backs away again?
1: staggering older no 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 not again not again not again get out of me doom out of me now sayer yells out like reaches out to the mirror as she backs away and now he's fighting himself as he believes that he is the one bringing disaster bringing calamity upon us again
0: and you feel that instinct within you, that part of you that you have tried to push down, it surged up a little bit on the balcony of the gambling house, but you were able to cork it back down, back down. That bow had helped 300 years of feeling full, feeling full, and suddenly, Seir, your stomach is an empty pit once more, as you shout, get out of me, get out of me, and the hunger rises inside of you, bids you to eat, consume. We sweep across this mist addled battlefield to find Zynan Ash. Zynan, the stone lion pounces in the moment before it lands upon your body. How do you react?
3: I have a question for you. Absolutely. How many tags is too many tags for me to invoke?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no limit.
3: I love this for me. Zynan is standing ready. He's been ready. In fact, he was ready before he even truly saw this corrupted stone lion. Mm. And he's faced down countless monsters before he even was a trans agent, and he doesn't even blink as he draws that bird song bow, feels the tension as his thumb wraps around the string, and he is going to shoot before it can jump. All the way on top of him.
0: Excellent. That is an unleash violence move. Yeah. I believe. I think he's gonna do something
3: um a little bit strange. He is feeling the strangeness of this situation. And where I think everyone else is feeling the fog oppress them and the 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 sounds and the words, the feelings all scary. Zion has stared down fear. He is he grew up staring into the dark and he draws that bow and he lets that galvanize him. And he feels it draw out the ghost. And so as I, as he shoots, as he draws the bow taut, I would like to pitch using Sentinel against the ending. This mist is an okay. ending, the ending. Survivalist. Mm-hmm. The bird song bow, dead eye, streamlined equipment and untethered existence.
0: That's six. That that is six. I'm going to invoke, this is a shield Mm -hmm. haunted by dusty memories. Mm -hmm. Go for it. So that's a plus four (sighs) on unleash violence. I think this is technically our first time ever using this move. So the trigger reads as follows. When you unleash violence, describe how you do it. I think you just did, and roll 2d6 plus tax. So what'd you get?
3: So with a plus four,
0: mm-hmm. that's a 10. Oh, you just hit the 10? Oh my God. Okay. On a 10 plus, you inflict a status with a tier equal the number of tags you rolled with, that's four tags, and you choose one. You don't suffer or worsen a status in return. You glean a weakness, flaw, or hidden desire, or you seize a temporary advantage.
3: I think I would like to seize a temporary advantage. Okay. I would like to know where Nova is, if possible.
0: (sighs) Okay, would you like to decide the status that you inflict, or would you like me to pitch you something?
3: Uh, I'll I'll take a pitch.
0: Okay, I'm thinking dispersed four.
3: Oh, perfect! Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, what does it look like as this birdsong bow quivers underneath your grasp, and then the arrow is loosed with intentional violence?
3: Zaynun isn't an archer. In fact, his calling isn't rifleman or hunter. His calling is sharpshooter. And this bow is baked into the very magic of who he is. He draws the bow tightly, keenly holding that perfect angle that you are supposed to hold as an archer. He draws it across his body, his thumb, holding it firmly like he's drawn a bow every day his entire life. And he looses this arrow and as it goes away from him, it doesn't pierce the mist, it becomes hardened air as his ghost form transmutes the arrow to disperse the mist.
0: Yes. A pure lance of force and air shoots through this line. It disperses it. It disperses a lot of the mist in a straight line in the direction that your arrow And that's how you see Strike Team Nova. Your arrow lodges in the solid jade of a pillar. Dozens, almost a hundred boo, in front of you. And you see a battlefield rendered with terror, but also hope. You see on one end of the battlefield, Xianziling, the gentlewoman scholar, in her hand she is wielding a long sword made of pure conjured phoenix flame. She is slashing downward at another mist-born lion just as she renders it into pieces of steaming droplets. And those bright flashing mirrors also shatter and collide into nothingness under the force of her burning sword. You also see Mu with not an abacus in their grasp, but a guqin. They had lengthened the abacus into this instrument and it floats in front of them. They fling their fingers across the strings and it rings out in pure harmonious tones, just like the clacking of the beads. And it hits another stone lion made of mist that was pouncing at them. And it disperses uh, the fog into nigh unseeable particles. You also see Longhui and you realize what that shadowy slash you thought you saw earlier was. Their shadow. tipped fingers appear as ink-dipped brushes that are able to draw forms into reality. You see them draw a blade of pure shade into existence and punch it forward, skewering yet another Mistborn lion and shattering it across the hall. The only symbols that don't appear to be here and fighting are Lu Hua and Shui Jiang. You see the forge master tugging Lu Hua toward the exit, trying to protect their apprentice, trying to pull them away from the fight and shield them from Harm, and you see Luhua fighting against her, saying, no, no, I want to fight. I'm a symbol, I have to. But then looking around as Zainan's arrow cuts through this hall and disperses the mist for all for just a second. And you see Strike Team Nova reeling. Lumira stumbling. Is her hair a little bit whiter than usual? Does she look more worn than usual? And you see Seir very much not like himself. Teeth almost in a mirrored reflection as those mist-born beasts had been. Antlers curled in like thick, brambled horns. And even in the swell of hope that you had illuminated, even as the mist is dispersed and you feel that Inevitable sense of victory that you are so familiar with. You get that same exact feeling rising in the pit of your stomach. You had felt this on many countless missions before and it has never led you astray. A feeling of triumph. In just a few more seconds, you will have bested this encounter. You with your strike team, despite the blows you might have taken, you will have won and surmounted. But then the mist starts to thicken once more, not across the entire hall just across the gods and the cultivators who are most vulnerable to it. You see pylons, thick clouds of fog, beginning to descend and hammer down upon Lumira and Sehir, other fallen gods, not the symbols who seem to be doing quite well on their own, and falling down on you as well, Zayden, this bellwether of hope fighting back against the fog. The mist comes down and punches all three of you, flows through you, does exactly as Luhua had described. It tries to flurry into your mouth, press through the pores of your skin, out in through your eyes, tangling through your hair, and then, huh. You blink and the mist is gone. No, not just the mist. Everyone, the gods, The symbols, even the beasts that were stalking you in that bone-white fog. Only you and your strike team remain in this vast, empty, vacant, silent hall, your weapons still raised, your hearts still hammering in your veins. You see light, morning light, Pouring through the windows, so golden and shining it hurts your eyes. You see a light smattering of dust floating through the air, a low and lazy movement in comparison to the pulse pounding fight you were caught in just a single blink before. You are standing in the exact same position as you were moments ago, except everyone is gone. Everyone except Huan Xiao Cheng the courtier of the four symbols, sits at the base of the throne, not on it, but at its feet, their back leaning against the polished red sandalwood, their eyes downcast, looking somber, despondent. The Oracle floats next to Xiao Cheng's head and Brother Goose pecks at their feet. And as soon as the three of you appear, reappear, Xiao Cheng snaps their bright orange gaze up, and they gasp. And we're gonna end the session there. Connie. Um. Yes, Sam. Can I add a little bit on the end before we
2: end for flavor? Aw, oh, yeah, go for it! Just a little bit. As soon as we touch down, back, we see the Oracle, we see. Lumira screams. Like, screams at the top of her lungs. She's not outwardly vocal like that, but she's clutching her left arm. And when she pulls it out of her sleeve, you see her gold fingertips going down past her hand to her wrist and stops. That's where
0: we'll end. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplanar RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to... Taylor. Jordan. Derek Davidson. Phil. Mark J. Astrid. Spencer. Lyle and Peanut. Rose. Alex. The Bow System. Cassidy. Lex. Charles and Cora Eckert. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay nerds!